Hi, this is presenter Crystal Dinapoli, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity, a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R each Sunday afternoon. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU. Uh, today, we would like to start off by acknowledging that Triple uh, R broadcasts out from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Uh, so we'd like to pay our respect to their elders past and present and also prompt any of you listeners to maybe acknowledge uh, what country you're traveling on today and passing through uh, and paying a similar respect. So we're about to head to our, um, our interview for today. Um, we're going to be speaking with Barkindji artist, curator, writer and educator Nikki Cumpston. Nikki is the curator of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art at the Art Gallery of South Australia, the director of the Tanandi Festival and also co-curator of the upcoming Naracha exhibition at Bunjil Place Gallery in Narrawarren. Nikki is also an artist in her own right, uh, so a very impressive career. And uh, we're looking forward to having this chat today. Nikki, welcome to Indigenuity. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be chatting to you. Oh, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. I've I've seen your name everywhere for, I feel, years now. And so I feel like this is um, overdue for this sort of chat. (laughs) That's lovely. (laughs) So you do have a really incredible career with clearly many hats that you wear from curating to creating uh, on your, in your own right. Um, I was wondering if uh, you would be interested in sharing with us how what your journey was into this career in art. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, I started out when I left high school. I wasn't really sure what to do um, and I ended up doing nursing. So I trained as an enrolled nurse and while I was in my nursing career, I, you know, I I wanted more and I I wanted to travel. And so I headed up to Central Australia and I did a black and white photography course at Saturdine High School in Alice Springs in Mbantua. And that really kind of set me on my way to, to start to want to learn more about photography. And so when I was in my early 20s, I went back to Adelaide. I live in Adelaide on Ghana country. And I went back there and I ended up going to art school. And so I left nursing behind and I taught photography at Townsie College, the Aboriginal Community College in Port Adelaide for 10 years. And I was also the the course coordinator for the visual art and design advanced diploma it was at the time. And so I did that, as I said, for 10 years. And then I went to the University of South Australia and I ended up doing a fine art degree. I Previously, I had studied as an advanced diploma and that was at a TAFE. And then I went to university and I ended up um, with an honours degree and just absolutely, you know, loved photography and wanted to do more with it but also started to think about what I could do for the future. And there was an opportunity to be an assistant curator at the Art Gallery of South Australia. And at the time I had written and I was presenting a course, Indigenous Art, Culture and Design at the University of South Australia. And that course was really 
it, it was it was terrific, but I felt like I needed to know more before I could really do it justice. And I thought that this opportunity at the Art Gallery of South Australia would be a way for me to do the research and to have the time to find out more, you know, in and in more depth about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists from across the country. So I've been at the Art Gallery of South Australia since 2008, started out as a trainee and then uh, became an assistant curator and now I'm a curator there. But then about, oh gosh, it's over 10 years ago now, I was asked to help support and present what has now become the Tanandi Festival of Contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's been my journey, and the whole time, I've still continued to create my own works of art and to exhibit them. So yeah, it's it's busy. <laughs> that's inc- it's incredible though. You've had um, a seemingly a taste of everything, especially everything that you can do. You know, within this, uh, I guess, like field. I'm sorry if I use very scientific terms, but you know, this discipline perhaps of art. So you started off with this interest then in, in black and white photography. Has that remained some like a has that remained a focus for you? And what was it about black and white photography that drew you to it? Well, it, yes, it has remained um, a major part of my practice, and I still create images on black and white film. Um, my actual process of printing the images has shifted because when you know, for me, it was. I guess it started out with our dad was a radiographer and had dark rooms in the homes that we lived in. He'd set up these makeshift dark rooms and it it taught me the magic of photography that you could, you know, put a film into the back of this device, a camera, and create images by, you know, clicking <laughs> and then you you develop the film completely in the dark and then print it and the way that you know the image appears in that developing tray really is a magical moment Mm. and so it really I guess you know it's that it is a science you know photography is is a true science but then to be able to play with that and manipulate it and make really beautiful images whether they're of people or of places of country And then I took it one step further at art school. I had a wonderful person who came to to our class and taught us how to hand colour photographs. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we'd printed the black and white images ourselves in the darkroom onto matte paper. And then once they were dry, she taught us how to apply. At that stage, we were using oil paints to to color the image and people you know a lot of people in their families have these old black and white photographs that are hand tinted and I guess the practice began way before color photography and it was a way for people to enhance the image but I guess in a way make it more real um, by by having color within the image but Kate Brakey who's um, the lady who taught me she has this incredible practice. She lives in the United States now and she's continued in the same technique, so using black and white images and then hand-colouring them. And so now what I'm doing is I'm still creating the image on black and white film 
and I use a number of different cameras. One of the cameras I use is a panoramic. So it's a dedicated panoramic camera. It's a, a Hasselblad and it's the same height. So I use 35 millimeter film in it. So it's the height of the 35 millimeter film, hmm. but the negative is two and a quarter times as, as long as a typical 35 millimeter negative. So it gives you this little window. It's like a little window of, of image. And that's the work that, that I'm working with um, currently for the exhibition at Bunjil Place Gallery at Ngarrawarren. Oh, that's incredible. Sorry, that's that's so fascinating to me as well to hear about something like a uh, because I guess like when I imagine photography, my sister's a photographer. For some context, I'm not well versed in photography myself at all. Um, but you think of it as something where you sort of like you take an image and capture a moment. It's quite digital, and the way you're describing it, it's once again so sort of like manual, analog, like hand tinting, hand coloring in a way of elevating this black and white image. I, I just find that such a fascinating process. Um, but sounds absolutely amazing, and it's even cooler to to know that that's um, been the basis for some of those artworks we can expect from Natacha in the coming weeks and months. Yes, yes, and it's it's something that um, it gives you that time. The time that I used to have in the dark room was really precious. It was you know time to think and to concentrate, and because I'm not doing that anymore, because they're you know it's just time consuming. It's chemicals are you know probably not that great for us um and and it's also you know a different way of working than i have access to at the moment so the images are scanned digitally and then printed by a printer but i work with the printer so that i get the right amount of darkness and lightness that i really want to achieve within the image and then hand coloring it gives me the time back one on one with that work and enables me to think back to the time on country when I made the images and to think about what I might like to call this series and, you know, just that that precious time to be at one with yourself but also to be creating and making, it's it's really satisfying. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can see that. I, I, I also have a, a, a love for the arts and to, to dabble. And um, I guess that sort of, I don't know, like release of, um, you know, thoughts, inspiration uh, and just creative energy is always just so therapeutic, I feel. it's it's oh, Yeah, so that's for sure. This, this is fascinating to me. So you're, um, it's your family or your, your dad's profession that sort of helped birth this step into photography with his focus on radiology. When it comes to your, I guess, the focus of your photo- photographs, um, do you draw similar inspiration from family and culture or what do you tend to take your photos of? Yes, oh, definitely. So one of the things that that I've done is whenever I've been stuck for, you know, what is it I'm trying to achieve here? What, what's my focus? I'll go, I'll, I'll travel back, either back home to Broken Hill and out to Menindee where our family are from in far west New South Wales or I did spend quite a bit of time as a, a young person living in the Riverland of South Australia and that waterway. So our family are Barkindji from the Barker, our Darling River, and that water flows all the way down 
and meets the Murray River in Wentworth. And so even though I wasn't on the Barker growing up, it was this connection to that waterway through the thought that that water is, that water has come from home. And now here it is in South Australia and it's travelling all the way out to Coomerunk, out to the sea at Coomerunk in, in South Australia. And so it's that connection to home and that feeling of, of just being by the river and the memories and the thoughts of family. So for me, I really love walking those backwaters of the river, of the like the of of the River Murray and also of the Barker, and just listening and feeling, and getting inspiration and energy from the thought of our ancestors carrying those messages and leading us and guiding us. It's it's so interesting, you know, being able to just take my time walking with my camera and documenting and seeing what I find and trying to capture moments that really share that connection and that that the signs of Aboriginal occupation that that are very evident when you know what you, you're looking for. Oh, that's beautiful. And that also reminds me of home for me as well. And that evident occupation, you know, being, being so used to growing up with visible scar trees around, for example, and not being aware of what they were. And then once you've learnt about such a thing, seeing them everywhere. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, it sounds beautiful. And I feel like it feels like it would be natural then to turn our attention to Nadacha, the upcoming exhibition that you've co-curated with uh, your sister, Zena Cumston, um, which... I'm, it just seems like it's a really natural natural progression from your art style, your focus to the creation of this exhibition, Naracha, meaning coming together in Barkindji language or us group coming together. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about then how you've led into developing and curating this exhibition. Oh, it's just been such a wonderful journey. Um, I met with the, the wonderful people at Bunjil Place Gallery, Georgia Cribb, the director, and Penny Teal, the curator, back in, oh gosh, three years ago. And we were having a discussion and they had an idea that they would like to work with me. And when I went to visit the gallery, I was quite overwhelmed at the size of it, just because of my life and how busy I am in my work life, that I just didn't feel that I could do I could do this on my own. And for years I'd been talking with Zena and a few of our Bakanji um, relatives and friends and other artists and just wondering, you know, we always wanted to do something together. And so we proposed this idea or to Georgia and Penny and the, it sort of led to it becoming a project where we thought if we could tour it, we could apply for funding to develop it. So we've been really, really fortunate in that every step of the way things have fallen into place and we really wanted to be able to include country within the process of making. And so we didn't know what we were going to do, but we knew that we wanted to be out on country together and so we planned a series of trips together where we could go and stay. Like the first trip that we did was last year in April and we went out to Kinchika National Park 
which is just quite close to the town of Menindee, which is where our, our mum's eldest sister um, lived and brought up her family. And so we went there and, and we stayed for a week. We travelled out to many different places all around that, that country and we had um, the wonderful guide, David Doyle, who's one of the artists in the exhibition, uh, Malian Gumper Barkindji fellow, um, incredible uh, maker. He's a carver. He's also really just so knowledgeable with traditional plants and he's a terrific chef. <laughs> he's just one of these people that is an all-round wonderful person but has all sorts of knowledge that he is willing to impart and has now started up a, a tour um, company called Wantanella Tours um, out of Menindee. So he lives in Broken Hill. And then we we engaged um, with Kent Morris, who is a photographer and a digital artist who lives here in uh, Melbourne, as well as Raymond Zader, who's a broadcaster and a multimedia artist, and then Adrienne Simmons, who's a performance maker and, and dancer, and Zena and I. And so it was, you know, this group of us who got together, had this first journey together and started to think about what we might be able to create and the stories and the ideas just started flowing. And it was really a chance for us to collectively come together not knowing what any of the uh, the rest of us knew, but we all have our own little, you know, batch of knowledge that we brought to the table that now is being shown through the works of art, but then collectively also enriching each other's knowledge and abilities for storytelling and sharing our incredible Barkindji culture. Oh, it's beautiful. And we did have the pleasure of speaking to Raymond Zeta last week as well, um, which gave us some insight into uh, his, I guess, his place within this exhibition, as well as similarly talking about this process of pre-preparation with these trips beforehand. I was wondering, as like from the, I guess, the uh, the role of, of a curator, how, like, I'm so curious about the process of coming of bringing essentially people together for something such as this especially with something that this exhibition which is so close to your home um to your family to your culture uh how did you come to these six artists that are participating is it something that's sort of obvious or did the I guess like the the perfect pieces essentially start to fall in over time yeah that, that's a good question it it's not it wasn't anything that was pre-planned and and set up Really, like we we had ideas. Z and I thought about you know who we wanted to work with, and and the the number of artists has shifted over time. A couple of people weren't able to be part of it in the end, and it was one of those things that as time went on, we thought actually this is probably a good number to stick with um, because. You know, it, it's always the deadlines that <laughs> that make you make your decisions, and <laughs> that you have to know, you know, how many artists at a certain point for funding bodies, and also for the gallery that you're working with. And it was really, it was really about people who we had relationships with that we knew 
we knew an element of their work and when we approached them, they were really wanting to be involved. So it was quite organic, to be honest. And for anyone who's just tuning in, um, we're speaking with Barkindji artist, curator, writer and educator, Nikki Cumston. Uh, and we're covering a few topics just now, talking about the Naracha uh, coming together exhibition, or Naracha meaning approximately, I hope I'm um, translating that correctly, but into this idea of coming together, or us group together um, in Barkindji language, which is occurring or starting at Bunjil Place Gallery next weekend. Actually, this weekend, what am I on about? Oh, my goodness. Okay, <laughs> Literally, today is its opening <laughs> at the time that you're hearing this message. Um, so uh, it's, it's incredible. It's going to be um, available until September before touring nationally. Um, I was curious about how this exhibition is very much grounded in um, Barkindji, uh, Barkindji country and art, art styles and um, uh, cultural knowledge. Uh, were there any challenges or considerations with the fact that you are opening up the gallery on in, in Narrywarren, so on another's country? Oh, so it was really, you know, that it was such a great opportunity um, that was offered, you know, initially offered to me, and and it's it's the thing of really having. It's not. This is the first time in my whole life that I've had a chance to really develop an idea with other Barkindji people. And to have that chance to, you know, be together, to think collectively about our culture and all of all of the the ways that that we each individually interact, but then collectively. And I think as well, and I think that that we always want to be able to engage with other Aboriginal people. And we're not always going to be able to just do that on our own country. Mm. So having a chance to do this, we reached out. There's a, a local group uh, that meet regularly at Bunjil Place. And so we're meeting up with them on Monday, which will be really lovely. We'll have time together in the gallery and then we'll we'll go and have a shared uh, meal together. And each of the places that we'll be touring will be doing a similar thing where we'll invite people in and have a chance to be, you know, to be together. That 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 is something that I think is is really important. We've also had a really lovely moment this week while we've been installing the exhibition. There's been a group of people. Uh, that we know from South Australia, Ghana, Narunga people who are doing a creative de development for an opera that they're developing for the Adelaide Festival next year. And they've been at Bunjil Place rehearsing in the theatre. So we did a swap yesterday where they came and saw our work and then we went in to see what they've been doing. So that that moment was really lovely. This little impromptu, <laughs> none of we didn't realize each other were going to be there this week. Beautiful. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, this is a chance for us to engage with other Aboriginal people and a chance, you know, to share both ways. That nupaji nupaji. <laughs> for sure, it sounds like um, a really. Uh a really welcoming cultural exchange, especially when you're able to tour uh, nationally as well. So that's, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. To, um, yeah, launching today <laughs> at the time of um, Indigenuity airing, which is wonderful. Uh, so uh, for anyone, once again, tuning in, we're speaking with Barkindji artist, curator, writer and educator, Nikki Cumston. 
I wanted to talk about the Tanandi Festival, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yes. Um, but this is something that you've worked on for years and will be uh, once again running later this year. I think was it approximately sort of the October-ish time of year where um, Tanandi would be running. I was, yes. I was wondering, could you give us some, uh, I guess, like a, a a verbal peek into what the Tanandi Festival is like and maybe some of the things that you're planning for this year if we have, you know, an early word? Yeah, sure. Um Thank you. It's a great chance to talk about Tanandi. So Tanandi is a Ghana word, so from the traditional owners of the Adelaide Plains, and we worked really closely with them to develop up the concept of what this opportunity could be. And Tanandi is a word that means the first sight of a seed sprouting or the first light of day. So it really signifies new beginnings. And Tanandi is a chance for artists to develop ideas. There's a series of exhibitions around the city and state of South Australia. So this year we have 36 exhibitions that will be in many different venues. And then we also have a major exhibition at the Art Gallery of South Australia, where this year we will have about 20 different artists and artist projects that will be presented there. Wow. So it all launches on the 19th of October, which is a Thursday. We've got a very special guest that will be uh, performing at the opening, which I can't quite tell you <laughs> yet, <laughs> but we always have a band. And um, the artists all come and we have a special day with them prior to the launch so that they can each get to know each other and so that they're not coming to the city and not knowing who each other are at that opening event. So we make an effort to introduce people to each other. And then um, at the launch, so the launch is from five until nine and it's free and it's open to anybody who wants to come. The band is always out on North Terrace, so at the front of the Art Gallery of South Australia, so anybody walking past can feel welcome to come in. And then um, what we have is the next day are a series of artist talks. It's part of the Bumper Bumbalia, which is a Ghana word for conference, and it's always a really lovely opportunity to hear from the artists and they speak in groups of four or five people and it helps people who might be a bit shy of speaking on their own where they can have this conversation um, but with an audience. And then that later that day on the Friday, we launched the Tanandi Art Fair and so that goes for three days over the opening weekend. And this year that will be at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and we'll have over 50 art centres and different groups of artists who will be selling their works of art to the public. And it's a really great opportunity for people to be able to engage directly with artists and art centres from across Australia and we'll have different workshops and music and you know, just drop in workshops so people can come in and try their hand at something and it gives you a chance to engage with the people who are facilitating that workshop. And then over the weekend will be the openings of those other exhibitions and artist talks. So it's a really full weekend um, 
in Adelaide. And then we also have a regional exhibition this year, which will launch in Port Piri in September. And that will come into Adelaide in November so that those artists will be seen by people in the city um, from November through to the um, beginning of February. So the Tarnandi exhibition at the Art Gallery of South Australia goes from the 19th of October until the 21st of January. So people can come over that period of time. We always have up late events on the first Friday of every month and we have lots of children's activities that happen on the first Sunday of every month. So, yeah, it's a busy time. It'll be a wonderful time, you know, for people to be able to come and engage with the artists. There's lots of artists that um, haven't exhibited before in South Australia that will be featured. Um, yeah, so one of the main exhibitions at the Art Gallery this year will be Vincent Namajira. We're doing a survey exhibition of his work and a major book is being published by Thames and Hudson that we're just finalising now. We're in the final stages of that publication. Mm. And we also have a major publication for the whole of the Tarnandi Festival as well. That's incredible. I'm honestly like uh, jaw open over the scale <laughs> of such a festival and reflecting on the fact that your career progression is from nurse um, to for, like your short photography course to teaching to curating and creating. And so to me, it's just uh, mind blowing to hear of, you know, a festival of such a scale, but it sounds fantastic and it sounds like a trip to South Australia is um, going <laughs> to be in the books for uh, October, November. Um <laughs> Wow, but that's that's just incredible, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's wonderful and it really, you know, it really does support a lot of artists to showcase their work. We've worked with over 6,000 artists since the first festival in 2015. Um, so it's really, it's great. It's really changed the Art Gallery of South Australia and has really enabled them to come along on this journey of understanding and learning about, you know, the diversity of Aboriginal art and cultures from right across Australia. Mm. And I think, you know, by engaging and supporting the partner organisations across the state to be able to also showcase Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists has also given them a chance to learn and and to feel comfortable in, you know, doing this work themselves now. So, yeah, it's been great. No, it sounds wonderful and it sounds like you are having um, a really effective uh, impact on elevating Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists. It's, it sounds incredible. Uh, this is probably a, a bit of a specific question, but I can just imagine um, for listeners tuning in, you know, curation in, you know, being employed directly by an art gallery versus also curating exhibitions in for yourself, as we've seen with Nadacha and your other works. Um, would you have any advice for someone out there who is listening who would would it love to get into this area of curation, um, but perhaps isn't aware of how you would reach, I guess, such a such a career path? Yes, well, you know, curation is really the word itself means to care for. So it's about caring for works of art and of course also artists. And for me, I think I was doing it before I realised what I was doing and that was through teaching and supporting artists to make, 
you know, to make work and to learn about concept development and all of the aspects of of being able to express yourself and then talk about your work and and think about how you wanted to title it and what you wanted to write on a label so that you could help people in and to understand what it is that you're doing. Those few steps really are the basis for bringing together a whole body of work because you need every single work of art needs to have that information in order for people to understand what it is that they're looking at and and to be able to engage with the work. So curating is something that if you are interested in it, that you you can do it if you have you you have that that feel for it that you you want to organize people you want to be you, you know you want to be able to help and support to showcase a body of work and so it's step by step it's hard work it's a lot of writing it's a lot of chasing <laughs> a lot of chasing uh, <laughs> <for> information <laughs> Um, but it's also about having an eye and having a sense of how you'd like to present something either on a wall or on a plinth or, you know, it's it's really a journey of thinking thinking about how, what is the best way to show this, this body of work to, a, to another group of people. And it's, it's, not, it's not as difficult as some people might like to think it is. I think for me personally, it's about having faith in your own decision-making and you only get that by doing it. And there, of course, you know, there's philosophical ideas behind the way that you put a work beside another work. There's all sorts of thought and depth that goes into what you're doing if that's what you want to, if that's how you want to be doing it. So, you know, the other thing is writing. There's a lot of writing involved in curating. Um, you know, working for a gallery, we have the whole acquisition process when we acquire a work of art into the collection. We have to go through a series of due diligence processes so there's a lot of paperwork that needs to be filled out, but then there's also a lot of creative writing about the actual work of art. There's the research that goes into the artist. So it's interesting. I, f I find it, you know, it keeps me going. I really love being able to learn about other people's practice and being able to present that information to whether it's the, you know, the Art Gallery of South Australia board or whether it's to the general public when I'm giving a, a talk on one of our Tuesday lunchtime talks. So it's really, you know, I never thought I'd be a public speaker, but it's something that that you do develop the skill for because it's something that you have to do and you want to be good at it. So, you know, that's part of the journey as well. So it seems like there's a lot of things that go into it, a lot of skills that you develop, but also an innate, I guess, um, drive to support and to engage with uh, beautiful artists, beautiful artworks. Uh, it sounds like you're the perfect person for the job. Um, that's my conclusion after this conversation. 
So I just I just want to very sincerely thank you so much for your time today, Nikki. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and to get some insight into uh, your career, which is just a fascinating progression of um, skills and talents. And uh, also, um, you know, just that amping that excitement for the Natach exhibition at Bunjil Place Gallery in Narrawarren, uh, co-curated by Nikki and Zena Cumston, uh, featuring six artists, Barkindji artists. It's a dynamic portal into Barkindji culture, country, and in this case, family. Um, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And I wish you all of the best with the exhibition across the coming months. Oh, thank you very much, Crystal. It's been really lovely to speak to you. Thanks for the opportunity. We are wrapping up today's show. I hope you've all had a very pleasant Sunday afternoon as you've listened in. Uh, today we were speaking with Nikki Cumston, who is an artist and curator uh, with a very impressive uh a resume, I guess, of um, jobs that she's uh, or things that she's had experience with, which to me was just really fascinating. Uh, she is one of the co-curators of the upcoming Naracha exhibition at Bunjil Place Gallery in Narrowarren, which actually launches today, will be open up until September um, and is a celebration of Barkindji country and culture and family through the works of six artists with 50 newly curated art pieces as well, specifically for this exhibition. So um, if you're interested in that, you can look up Naracha, which is N-G-A-R-A-T-Y-A, Naracha. Um, and on this note, uh, we'll be signing off and we'll see you again next week, same time with a further exploration of Naracha, but on the ground. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R every Sunday afternoon. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU.